This is a HeadGum Podcast. All right, we are back. Uh, buckets, it's halfway through round two, so we figure why don't we talk about the last, let's say, five and a half weeks of NBA basketball with Billy Scafuri, of course. You're getting bucket buckets. Has it been five weeks? No. You know, I it's it's playoff time, so it just sort of all blends together. Some days mm-hmm. you're watching four games, some days you're watching two, some days there's randomly no games at all. Yeah, you think that through the first two rounds you would get every day. But yeah. there's been like one or two where it's like, oh, I'm watching like a Royals game, like a Kansas yeah. City Royals game tonight. <laughs> yeah, for what re- for whatever reason. I'll, like Dallas, Phoenix, and Philly, Miami are like linked up intrinsically. They can't be uh, playing without the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the other two series, Boston, Milwaukee, and Golden State Warriors, had like a Tuesday to Saturday schedule at one point. So then, like the other two series took like Wednesday and Friday, and then Thursday was wide open for some reason. Yeah, who knows. Yeah, I don't know. I certainly don't know. I do know that it's time for us to do a buckets when enough tweets come through and it's like, hey, fellas, it's time for a little content. That's right. That's usually the indication that it's been a little while. That's right. The, <laughs> when we get four tweets, you're like, all right, our cup runs over. We have to talk about hoops. Yes. Well, it, we always talk about hoops, but we have to talk about it on a microphone. Yeah, we have to record a conversation about hoops. Exactly. Right. Um, so Jeannie Buss said today that she trusts Kurt Rambis, and then there were some rumors floating around about Julius Randle potentially getting traded um, because I guess the new GM of the Blazers has an interest in him. So let's spend 45 to 50 minutes talking about that <laughs> and then touch on, I don't know, Embiid, Luka, Whoever's Jokic. playing. Yeah. Right. The others. Uh, well, what's your favorite series? If we spend a little bit of time on all four series, because they're all pretty exciting in their own way at this point. They are. Yeah, I don't even know if I have a favorite. One that's the most interesting to me is obviously um, Memphis Golden State right now. Yep. Yeah. It feels like the most current form of what the NBA, how the NBA plays that up tempo, small ball, fast, but it has this hatred amongst these two teams that yeah. seems to be growing by the game. Uh, you love to see it. You love a se- you love to see a series that's like by game six they don't like each other at all, yes. and this one was like by game two and three they're injuring each other. <laughs> you yes. don't know what to think anymore. Let's start with the Dylan Brooks foul that started it all on Gary Payton. Do you think that he wanted to hit him in the side of the head? No, of course not. That's what I think. Exactly. It like a guy went up for a layup and he, Dylan Brooks ran and tried to block the shot and he got hit in the head by accident. And then he fell, unfortunately, and yep. injured himself. And it was because he fractured his elbow on the fall yes. that he got suspended for the next game. Correct? Exactly. We're punishing the result and not the actual action. Okay, I'm glad that we're on the same page there because that did seem very excessive where yes. everyone was just like, he's a killer. He hates he, these guys. It was like breaking ah. the coat. Like who's actually trying? I bet very few players are literally trying to injure the other team. That's like a, have you ever tried to injure someone? It's a pretty like intimate, violent feeling. Like yeah. you're not, you're trying to hit one another and get shots in, but not like break his elbow and dislocate his shoulder. And honestly, the closest thing to that is Tremont Green. <laughs> On Golden State. So Steve Kerr's like, they really, they broke the code. It's like, every other game, Draymond does something. You're like, I've never seen someone do that. Was that an accident? Like, why did he pull a guy's jersey, yank it down? There was just like a year and a half where he just like rebounded with his foot seven (laughs) feet in the air. And sometimes it kicked dudes in the nuts. Yeah, and he's like, of course they're targeting me. I'm Draymond Green. Like, why do they think I'm constantly trying to injure people? Or it's like, well, every like two and a half weeks, something happens where it's like, wait, that's that can't be a coincidence. Like, right. yes, you play hard, but why are you like kicking someone in the balls? Why are you shoving someone's jersey? Why are you elbowing somebody seemingly by accident? Right. At some point, there's just too much coincidence here. And now you're just playing a little dirty. But saying break the code almost like breaks the code. You know what I mean? That's breaking the code. Yeah. Yeah, By labeling a random injury. He didn't shove him. It's not like he ran and pushed his back while he was going up for a dunk. He didn't step on his elbow socket to try and snap it out of place. He went up for a block. Maybe it was a little aggressive. The guy fell funny because he got hit. Yeah. You know, but I, you know. Then, then the 
the devil on my own shoulder counters it with, but what about Grayson Allen? Like what he did that to Caruso. Like we did not give him the same benefit of the doubt. Would you say that those are two similar type defensive plays leading Again, to injury? Grayson is constantly trying to like trip slash push the other player. So you just assume somewhere in his DNA are subconscious movements that force the other players to get injured more often mm-hmm. than not. At some point, you lose the benefit of the doubt, is what we're saying. That's right. Dr- Draymond has zero benefit, no doubt. He's, <laughs> his goodwill is completely bone dry. So, like, when he does this thing where he, like, hits, who was it? Uh, Brandon Clark at the head and then shoves yeah. his jersey down. They're like, he's just doing that because I'm constantly trying to injure people. It's like, yeah, that is why they're doing that. And that's why you got ejected because you that's are right. kind of, sort of hurting people a lot there's been six years of playoff precedent that right. you get you get fired up and you act out of line Th- that being said i do love Draymond green i'm not like um i'm not trying to say that he's not a good basketball player or anything like that yeah yeah do you think that the um who was it the jordan pool on john morant that was a weirder that, w- that was a weirder one yes because you don't <laughs> he said he was going for ball but he no. like he pulled on his knee Yes. Like, he just pulled on his knee. Slapping at something and accidentally hitting the knee is one thing. But he also, like, was pushing his hip with his left hand. And, like, yes. it was almost like he was snapping his neck, but it was his knee. So when you tweeted, you texted <laughs> me that. You texted me the screen grab. Because so I was like, could it just be that little pull? That doesn't seem like you're going to, like, really hurt a guy's leg yeah. on that little pull. And then you were like, no, but look at his left hand. And you're right. It was pushing on the hip and pulling on the knee. And that right. is, that's breaking the code. <laughs> <laughs> and yet I still don't think like Jordan Poole like was like, ooh, maybe I can sort of twist his knee right here. Cause like that also doesn't seem like something Jordan Poole would do. He's never really done that on purpose. Right. But at what point do these guys quote unquote hate each other and start doing these things on purpose? Like eye for an eye. Like right. you took out Gary Payton. We're going to take out one of your guys. Right. I'll never know. And I, and at least the, the Gary Payton one was like a chase down block attempt. Right. Like right. what are you supposed to tell a guy who's sprinting at full speed trying to block a shot? Like. So should you not go for it because there's a chance he might hit his head in the process and injure him? Like, is that against the code? Nope. You got to go for it. You got to go for it. But it's, uh, it's, it is incredible. It does showcase how amazing these guys are at pinpointing where the ball is on those plays. Because that doesn't happen that often. Yeah, you know, they are often. Just smash. Like, the guys who are trying to block layups and dunks, they're like, I'm going to jump towards the rim even though the defend the guy with the ball's not there yet because I know yes. he'll end up at the rim and then yes. maybe I can block. Making decisions midair is a very funny like NBA athlete style thing. That's right, and I do have a serious new appreciation for Jaron Jackson Jr. and how clean he blocks dudes. Like there was always rumblings of he could be a defensive player of the year. His yeah. block rate is insane, and you hear like all Zach Lowe's talking about it. But we're not watching eighty-two games of the Grizzlies to really know. Yeah, but watching him like swat Clay Thompson's layups, yes. like yeah. like junk them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like holy. Like, sh- he sunned him, as they say. Yes, yes. That, that is big brother basketball right there, where it's yeah, like, just, I'm going to let you go up, and I'm going to throw that in the third. It was just amazing. Did yeah. you see Aiton do that to Luca too? Like, Luca was, like, just sort of, like, dribbling around Aiton. Aiton was just, like, following <laughs> Luca's path. And then Luca like, went for, like, a cute little left-handed underhand uh, shot, and Aiton just, like, swatted it down. He finally no. decided that's enough. <laughs> and it was enough. Uh, <laughs> Jackson Jr. is great. Uh, he reminds me of Bam, just like this guy who's so yeah. huge. Yeah. And he was so imposing and he's so athletic that like, I mean, Jackson's, he blocked yesterday, I uh, blocked Curry yesterday. I don't know if you saw it at the end of the game. He blocked him with two hands. That was a, <laughs> that was a pretty cool moment. Like Curry went up and Jackson's like, I'm here and I think I could just grab the ball out of the air. That's crazy because he wasn't doing that for the past two years. Like Jackson has always been a three fouls in the first quarter type of guy for mm-hmm. Memphis. So I don't know if it is that he's just gotten more control and like the game has slowed down for him. But no, I it's think he's different... also. I think he is still fouling out too many times in the okay. playoffs as well. Yeah. <laughs> so he's mixing in some massive blocks amongst his six given fouls. Exactly. He's okay. going a little bit, too, flying a little bit too close to the sun. If you could choose between Bam or Jaron Jackson Jr. to start a team, who are you taking? Wow, that's a great question. They're very similar. Jackson has the three ball, which Bam doesn't have. Does he have it, though, or does he (laughs) shoot it? (laughs) Well, the first step of having it, I think, is shooting it. Bam doesn't even shoot it. No, no, he knows better. He's a big man. He's a big man. But Bam has like an 18-footer. Like, would you rather have a great 18-footer or a guy who's shooting a lot of threes but not necessarily making them at a high clip? Like, what's the first step? I think you want the 18-footer and surround him with guys who will hit the threes. At a right, clip. which is what Miami's doing. I mean, they're both right. great. I think I kind of like Bam more just because he just seems like more of a grown man and a defensive presence. And mm-hmm. 
he doesn't seem to ever get tired and he doesn't seem to foul out as much as Jaron Jackson Jr. It's the fouls for me. It's yeah. the fouls for me. Yeah. yeah. It was like Jaron Jackson Jr., if you play FanDuel or DraftKings, like you're going to pick him because his like, value is a little low and you're surprised, but then he's out minute four because yeah. he has two fouls. <laughs> Another great player on uh, Memphis, which was a hilarious like character choice if, if you were scripting this entire thing, the idea that Kyle Anderson, a.k.a. Slow-Mo, is on the yes. fastest, most athletic, crazy yes. young team. It's like yes. everyone is a blur, and then there's this guy who's doing pretty awesome, but yeah. going... <laughs> hilariously yeah. slow he so my question slow. is is it because <laughs> the, his teammates move so fast that he actually seems slow or if you put him on like a slow paced team a half court team i think he was slow-mo he, even like on the spurs like he, is, he moves slowly he moves slowly yeah which is funny <laughs> like he does slow euro steps and he gets the rebound like slowly and puts it back up slowly and he's pretty he's, darn good and he gets like wing threes where he's wide open, like no defender within like seven feet. And he still takes his time yep. with the shot. Weird his position. He like yes. puts it on his hand like a platform and then like throws it towards the towards the basket. Mm-hmm. I was just talking with um, a guy who directed Luca in three commercials that are coming out pretty Whoa. soon. Yeah. And they were they're not even commercials. They're for Jordan Brand. And they're teaching people how um, like some of his moves, how he does his moves, like footwork yeah. drills, essentially. And when they were talking to Luca about like, what's your, what's your secret? Like in the NBA, you're like been in the league for four years or whatever. Like, how have you, how have you gotten this good, this fast? And he says, I only work on balance because his game, because his game feels really slow as well. Like yep. he has these like grown man, low block moves and he leans yeah. into his defender and it's very like molassesy, but he's always in control. And I wonder if Kyle Anderson has that same thing where it's like, I'm always in control and I'm always working on balance. And right. if I'm balanced, I move at my I can, own speed. Exactly. And I don't have to dance around you because I'm always in control because I'm always so balanced. I just wonder. Did you see that one, the Luca move that was so embarrassing to Cam Johnson? Like yes. he like faked him out of the way and then did another fake just to get him back in the way, just so he to could steamroll him. him and get a foul called and then just mean mug him. That's so and it wasn't mean. even it wasn't even like a jump into him. It was just like a lean and knock it over. Like he just like yeah. like rolled into him and he just like collapsed. Cam Johnson's like, you already faked me out. Like just shoot the turnaround. Why did you lure me back into the play just to jump into me? You give a guy a wedgie, he fixes his pants, and then you give him another wedgie immediately it was like enough I think, yes, exactly. I think the most frustrating thing about being in the nba for me would be when a guy elbows me like in the chin and they call a foul on me like you yeah. see when that happens like the guy's on the ground and it's like his like lip is bleeding or his mouth nose hurts and it's like yes it's such a emasculating moment to get hit like that in the face and then the ref is like foul on you it's like it's I'm, like my I'm chin on the ground my chin. And now imagine guarding Shaq in the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's like, nice that they were paid a lot of money to try. Well, yeah. I mean, they're all sacrificial defenders. That's what yes. it is. But That's like, just they were getting beat up, getting beat up. Yes, you know, exactly. like they were trying to hit him and they were getting so hurt. Like when we play basketball, you're guarding the big man. And the big yeah. man's usually six foot four, 195 yeah. pounds. So it's like that times 100 because yes. you're actually trying to guard a guy who can then dunk and push and sweat on you. And wants to win more than, let's say, a Comedian X on Sunday at 9 a.m. Yeah, and Comedian X is nice and friendly. Right. And Shaq is just sort of mad and sort of talking shit while he does that thing to you. That is the primary difference between playing like high school and college ball and playing with comedians is that we don't use our shoulders to create space. No. Ever. Like no. we are not banging into one another and trying to create space. We're just that's, like, whatever happens, happens. That's why I don't play like in a public park where it's like, you can play with anybody in the world. I'm like, these people are mean. I'm yes, not they, having fun. They're yes. mean to me. I don't they came here because they're angry. They don't know. Uh, we don't know one another. And everyone has their own reason for being angry right now. <laughs> they're all angry. They play mad. That's right. That's right. Do you have um, any surprises from the Warriors? We talked a little bit about the Grizzlies, but like on the other side, like has a Kaminga surprised you or has anyone on that end been like, damn, I mean, Jordan Poole seems to be having a, yeah, a Poole's moment. Yeah, great. I think Kaminga and Kyle Anderson should trade teams. Like that makes sense, right? Mm. There's no need to, Kaminga shouldn't be on the Warriors and Kyle Anderson shouldn't be on the Grizz. And That's right. A nice cultural change. We all, des- we all deserve to see Kaminga on the Grizz. That's right. And Kyle Kaminga. Anderson belongs to be on the belongs on the warriors to me kaminga has um like big jaw energy just like a, like a a bigger like a like a three but has jaws like dunking abilities and just like can like ferociously attack the rim there's something yeah. interesting going on there right now he's a big guy who can like get his head above the rim 
Yeah, it's fun to watch Kaminga. Yeah. Did you watch the game yesterday where Jod didn't play and the Grizz just slowed the game down to a crawl and almost Yeah. Won? Isn't that... You said it so many times over the course of the season, like on our text chains, but you're like, do you know the only team who is better than the Grizzlies uh, with Ja Morant? <laughs> and we're like, who? And you're like, the Grizzlies without Ja Morant. That's right. They were 20-5 and five without Ja Morant. Mm-hmm. And you tell yourself, well, that can't sustain in the playoffs. But we no. watched last night and they were... I mean, up until like three minutes to go in the fourth quarter, they were... They were just as good, if not better, than the Warriors. That's right. They slowed the game down and like beat them up defensively. And the over-under was like 222 and didn't get anywhere near that. No, 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 no. Yeah. Funny, and Dylan Brooks looked shook. Dylan yes. Brooks looked... Brooks came into the game and the Warriors fans hated him. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the game, the Grizzlies fans hated him. Hated him. He's having a really bad... A bad week for a multi-millionaire 24-year-old, Dylan Brooks, and if you want to feel bad for one facts, player. Facts. And he's also like such a like a relentless shooter. He will just keep shooting, even if coach says stop shooting. And right. like when you're that out of sorts, because he was like missing the rim by feet on yep. some of his three-pointers. That's right. It was like, we just have to bench him, I guess. Like he is psychologically out of this game right That's now. That's right. Yeah. Right. Actually, a great gambling moment is I was thinking about taking the Grizzlies plus 10, but I'm like you know what? It could be like an avalanche of a Warriors game. I'm not going to touch it. And then by mm-hmm. halftime, the Grizzlies are like totally in control and they were still plus five and a half. I'm like, mm-hmm. this will at the very least be a close game. Like I don't right. see the Warriors just starting to turn it on like they used to. And then it was looking great. Grizzlies were up like three with like a minute and a half left and mm-hmm. the Warriors just kept scoring and getting stops, scoring free and getting throws. stops. Free throws. And then yep. it was it was a five-point game and the um, Grizzlies had the ball. I'm like, okay, great. Grizzlies plus five and a half. We're down by five. If he makes a three or not, we're not going to foul. I see where this is going. <laughs> they miss a three and foul. I'm like, with four seconds left, I'm like, you're already down five. You don't have what? to foul. Just foul. let the game run out. Oh, Wiggins makes I... one, misses one. Dylan Brooks gets the rebound, sprints to the other side of the court, shoots a 39-footer from half court, and it banks in at the buzzer. And I win the bet. Brooks, you, who could, oh, yeah. <laughs> Brooks, oh my God, I did not see that twist. Did you see at the end? Like, he could yes, not make a shot. But it Brooks was so like, pointless. Yes, exactly. So pointless. Banks in a three at the end just to, like, cover some weird bets that, or fuck over some people's who had, like, under Dylan Brooks. He was, like, four of 18 before that shot and made that three at the buzzer for no reason. I'd say the greatest advancement in Sports Center and sports media over the last three years has been Scott Van Pelt's Bad Beats. That's right. Scott Van Pelt's Bad Beats category or section where he'll do five minutes of just like the most unlikely, unfair last second swings. Yes. And, and that wasn't even one last night. No, it was one only for the real degenerates among us that like put like <laughs> right. individual players over unders and parlays and stuff like that. Right. Who you got in this series? I think it's, what is the Warriors are up 3-1? Right yeah, now? sadly, I think we're not going seven here. The Grizzlies needed to win. They needed to win one of those two in Golden State. And I really right. thought they had yesterday's game. Yeah, um, yeah. But it, does, but it does appear to be. I would like Memphis to win one more home game, you know, send mm-hmm. it back to Golden State mm-hmm. for game six. And they might have Ja plays. Have you heard any whispers of what it actually is with Ja? It was like a sore left knee. F- sore? Yeah. Left that doesn't soreness. if you get your leg pulled it, it's not sore no yeah you I know think it was also like bumping it in bumping it into things before that happens so maybe yes yeah. okay so we're looking at we're looking at golden state most likely advancing at best uh four two something like that yeah that's what yeah. i'm thinking okay but it's sort of setting up a potential warrior sons thing which we sort of all deserve slash want slash are curious to see that is the appropriate that is the appropriate Western Conference Finals, isn't it? Although I did think, if you want to move over to the other Western Conference Final, uh, semifinal, yeah. I did think that Phoenix would be up 3-1 or 4-0 by this point because they destroyed the Mavericks in games mm-hmm. one and two. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so they just have no answer. Like, Dallas is Luka and not enough stuff, and the Phoenix Suns are like a well-rounded, well-oiled machine. And if mm-hmm. you stop Booker, they still have uh, Chris Paul. If you stop those two, they still have Bridges. They still have Aiton. They still have Campaign. They have like a bench. It's like... This is the perfect, the platonic ideal of a basketball right. team in 2022. Correct. And the Mavericks still kind of beat them up in games three and four at home. Yeah, they've won both of them. Yeah. What is, uh, this is the series that I've probably watched the least just by like bad scheduling or bad luck. Yeah. Um, what, what, is it just Luka? It can't just be Luka. What is the second and third thing happening on Dallas's offense? It's Luca, and if he's passing out of a double team or like penetrating, yeah. kicking out, like Finney Smith is making all the threes, Kleiber, Maxi's making threes, Bertans came in and made threes. Is so there's all these people playing? that are. 
Dinwiddie's playing, yeah. Okay. He's playing pretty well. And they've okay. really only done it in two games. Like the the away games, the players were not making threes. It was not mm-hmm. a close game. And mm-hmm. in Dallas, they made mostly everything. At one point, they were like 11 of 15 from three, and they were just like, Phoenix was trying to chip away, chip away, chip away. Chris Paul right. played well, or didn't play well. Chris Paul got in foul trouble. Yes. And it kind of fucked him up. Outside of Dallas, is there anyone who wants Dallas to win this series? Like, we're not even Suns fans, but, like, we do recognize we, that we want to see the best go up against the best. And would we, would, would we crown Dallas the best if no, they beat I, the Suns? The Suns are still the better team, right? Yes, exactly. I think it would just be like, wow, Luka's the best player on the court. It's kind of yeah. like what's going on in Boston, Milwaukee. It's like, Boston's a better team. But sometimes when you have the best player, that's good enough. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and Luka is Luka's the doing. best player. Would you say Luka is the best player on the court in this series? Yeah, I think he Wow. Is. Yeah. Damn. He's, okay. he's very good. Very tall. And he's not getting in foul trouble, and he's making shots, and he's penetrating and dishing and doing all the right things. And yeah, if it's not him, then it's Chris Paul. But Chris Paul's had a pretty shitty games three and four. Yeah, of all the playoff rosters, the Mavs are probably the team with the least star power. You know, where it's like yeah, that maybe, their second option is maybe Miami too. Just unless you think Butler's. Look, you go Butler, Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, six man of the year. You know, they, they at least have like those names. Like everyone always says Finney Smith second. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's Luca and like Finney Smith is playing okay. That's like right. I was in a meeting yesterday and people were talking about <laughs> Finney Smith and I'm like, is he as good as everyone thinks he is? Or do we just remember his last name the most? <laughs> he does have a great last name, but he's yeah. also making a lot of threes. So Right. Okay. A lot of three and D guys just get cold and you're like, okay, they're bad. Daniel Green mm-hmm. is no longer good. And then he like makes seven of nine. It's like, all right, we're back. Dorian Finney-Smith is like solid, all, all the yeah. time solid. Yeah. Do you think yeah. that this is everyone holds at home? This is just a straight up holds at home, holds at home? I would think Phoenix, if Chris Paul can stay out of foul trouble, would win, win games uh, five and six, five to mm-hmm. nine, then six in Dallas. I don't know mm-hmm. if you saw, like, he was getting some... He had three fouls early in that game, and then they brought him in right before halftime to like just got play fourth. offense. And then he like missed a shot and fouled Luca getting his own rebound. Mm. And <laughs> that Luka, ain't it. You know, Luca's very good at the whole like uh, somebody touches you, so fall down, and they have to call a foul. European yeah. soccer style. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, so yeah. he and nobody feels bad for Chris Paul because Chris Paul kind of invented that move. Right, of course. No and one Chris feels Paul. bad for Chris Paul, even no. when his family is like. No quote unquote being berated or touched inappropriately or whatever yeah. people are like Chris Paul's a dick for like kicking that kid out even though I, he was probably so drunk and so <laughs> annoying I think that's why some people are rooting for Dallas here because they don't want to see like Chris Paul like uh finally succeed because of all the the antics throughout the years yeah. and then the best comeuppance was so that was his fourth foul in the third quarter he tried to do the thing where i'm gonna run past jalen brunson and hit the break so that he runs into me hate 80 that. feet away from the basket hate that they called a foul on chris paul on that thank you <laughs> thank you refs chris paul did not complain he understood sorry about that yep that one's on me keep in mind he already had four fouls and this was early in the third so they needed him and he still tried to do that thing because it's yep. so ingrained into his That's dna exactly. to play like exactly. that. exactly exactly he can never just bring the ball up the court he's got to run into someone and see if he can call a foul this is instincts at this point so he doesn't play the entire third quarter dallas goes on another run and then they're like all right he has five fouls but we need to play him like bring him in with 10 minutes left in the game and mm-hmm. please try not to foul jalen brunson posts him up the first possession no this is the ball gets the rebound chris paul goes for the rebound slaps jalen brunson and gets you're out of here in like 30 seconds you know, this explains a lot because after that game or after that series of games uh, for the night, I went on Twitter just to see what I had missed. And there was like the narrative was that the refs were like screwing everything up. Like they were taking out all the players that we yeah, wanted. Like too many fouls, you, foul trouble. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. That it was just like the refs have like taken way too much spotlight in these playoffs. And that yeah. also Adam Silver, like the joke is always that David Stern and Adam Silver like know who's going to win the championship before the season starts. And we're going to just drive the bus and make <laughs> sure that that happens, uh-huh. that they've like chose the most boring, like approach. Like, you're doing it all wrong. Right. Like the people we want to see win right now are not getting it. You're doing all the calls incorrectly right now. Well, if the NBA wa- could choose, do you think they would choose Phoenix versus Giannis part two? Hmm. I think they would probably choose golden state. Yeah, Golden State does have a huge audience. Like Curry versus Giannis. Yeah, I think so. And also like the previous best, like the previous champions from your side versus the current champions from this side. Yeah, exactly. Just like wonder, old meets new. Though, I wonder what I would want. Do you, would you want that as well? Like what would you want? 
I think I want to see Phoenix just because right. they got so close and they seem to be like such a good basketball team. Everyone else is like trying to, you know, figure it out and match them. But I mm-hmm. think the Suns are the team to beat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I do love Giannis. Um, so I would want that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I would take Phoenix versus anyone in the East except probably Philly. I feel like they would kill Philly. Yeah. Philly is always feels like they're 10 points behind in every game that they play. And again, a team that was down 0-2 in a seemingly insurmountable hole won both two games at home. I couldn't believe it. Dude, a broken orbital is so... I've had many concussions, and it seems like uh, Embiid had like a partial concussion or something. Right. It takes a week to feel not hungover. Yeah, yeah, like three, at minimum four or five days before you like don't feel hungover. But a broken bone that's around the, your that's eye... The, that's the circle in the skull, mm-hmm. is it not? Yes. So yes, it's and your it's, skull. It is yes. your skull. You have it's a broken a face. Bone. Yeah, you, it's the bone closest to the eye, so it gets associated with like a broken eye. But you broke your skull by your eye. You fractured and, your eye socket slash bone. That's that part of your skull. The shield, the thing yeah. that's supposed to be protecting all the important stuff. It's like your computer monitor. Like cracked. there's like a casing around it that's to protect right. all the wires and bullshit in there. And, and his it's is cracked. And his is cracked. And he just has a thin piece of <laughs> Phantom of the Opera plastic protecting him. You have to be so. You have to desire a championship so bad to do that. <laughs> Especially because his thumb is already like torn as well. I, I, maybe it's a good thing now he doesn't even think about his thumb. Like, have you ever had an injury and you just pinch yourself somewhere else to get some of the pain away from like, if you twist your ankle, it's so bad. It's like, I find myself like pinching my skin on my right. arm sometimes to be like, okay, now that feeling's over there to like take away from the thought of my ankle for yeah, a second. Yeah, he's definitely not thinking about his thumb right now because of no. the concussion slash or broken skull that he has. And he's been like lightly whacked across the face a few times in yes. the series since he's come back. He's yeah. also won both games. <laughs> It's He's really won impressive. both games. It's so impressive. If he if he scored five points, had five rebounds. I mean, like, who's the Nick? Willis Reed. All he had to do was walk out of the tunnel. Yes, he didn't exactly. even have to play. He just jogged out of the tunnel with yeah. like bad feet. People were like, "That's a god. That's a Nick legend forever." Right. Like yeah. this cements, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, you can never question Joel Embiid's toughness after this specific injury. And, and he won his two games. Yes, and now they're playing tonight in Miami. Who you got there? Who you like in this series? I just constantly think Miami's going to win. Miami. So right. far, they've been, you know, they've won at home. So I assume they're going to win at home because, like, Lowry is less important to their team than Phil, uh, Embiid is to Philly. And then Harden's mm-hmm. also, like, sort of a shell of his former self. Like, they need peak Harden to be peak Harden. Right. I know and he I scored, like, 25 it. points for the first time in eight games or something like that recently. Yeah, like, and people were back. like, wow. He's and back. Like, this guy yeah. was dropping <laughs> 60 and 20 right like most games two years ago like also like i've seen russell westbrook this year drop like 30 and 10 it didn't mean he was back it just no the reason great players are great is because they're consistently great and then when they never come back they never have to come back they are always here right Right. Right. or like you do it once every four games and that's the transition from greatness to being pretty good Mm -hmm. and maxi maxi is here He's great. Maxi, Maxi is legitimately here. And I love after when Maxi scores, like one of those back-breaking layups or something like that, and the other team calls a timeout, he sprints back <laughs> to his bench. Like his other teammates are holding up like hands for high fives, and yeah. he doesn't even acknowledge them. He just sprints to the bench. I'm like, my man operates at 100. I love that guy. Yeah, he does have like a Jordan Poole vibe where it's like, mm-hmm. it's a team of old people, but also that really young, exciting mm-hmm. guard just came out of nowhere, and he's on the team as well. There is, there has been a fun influx of like that spark plug, that just like rocket guard that just shows up like the Alvarados this year. Like it seems like every good team kind of has that one like punchy out of nowhere guard. And Maxie's probably Memphis the best. is a team of nine of those players. <laughs> that's and exactly Kyle right. <laughs> that's exactly right. You tape them all together. Yeah. It makes one professional basketball player. The Grizzlies, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the the Heat. One weird thing is that Duncan Robinson has played one minute. <laughs> This series wasn't he like the best shooter in NBA history last year? Like he was trending towards it. He was was trending towards it for his volume. Like nobody was shooting that well. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. also now he can't play at all. Where's the what happened there? What happened there? I mean, it has to be defense. You'd have to imagine, right? Right. Like Struess and Vincent sort of passed him in the pecking order. That's right. Yeah. I guess when you have twelve players as competent as they have. It becomes like uh, we don't necessarily just need skill guys. You know, it's like sometimes we just need better. Like Struess is strong. That's yeah, like a big, sh- strong man. He can but dunk. yeah, Duncan, 
What's that? He can dunk. And I don't think dunk in Robinson can. <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Can Duncan Robinson dunk? Yeah, I bet he can. He's like 6'8", isn't he? He's got to yeah. be able to. Yeah. But he got, they were talking about him getting a max deal this offseason. He got like four for 80. Yes. No, last year he four. signed a huge deal. Four for Maybe 85 or something. Four for 85. Yeah. He so got like the Bertans treatment of like tall white guy that can shoot 48% from three. Yep. We need you in there. Yep. I will shout out his podcast real quick. He has a podcast called The Long Shot. And it's fine. It's it's a it's a perfectly fine podcast, and I find myself listening to it because sometimes they have other NBA players on it and stuff like that. Uh huh. I do wonder if it's harder to podcast in situations like this, like where you have to not only like because you leave the court and you're like, shit, I haven't played in three straight games. <laughs> like if I'm Duncan Robinson, like everything is spinning. I'm not I'm not texting friends. I yeah. know that they know that I'm not playing right now. Right. How do you then podcast about it? I know you say like for the good of the team go i yada that's yada right. that's right but you, but no but you know no well, we what's, know what's worse playing poorly or not playing at all I, that's a fair question i think <laughs> like if playing, he's over eight is that not playing at all because i was worse. in the game not playing at all is worse because the coach doesn't even trust me to be there yeah there was a couple of basketball and soccer games soccer hurt more for me than basketball because <laughs> basketball there were some tall dudes out there and i just couldn't hang sometimes but when my coach didn't play me, even though I was healthy, like no injuries, I had a lot of explaining to do to my friends and family for the rest of the day. And sometimes I would lie and say I was hurt to protect my rep, literally. So you'd say like my ankle is sore, that's why I didn't play. I would usually say groin because it didn't require a limp. I could just be like, I'm just like sore. I'm just like sore. Right. And yeah. would, the, would the coach tell you why he's not playing you? Or is it just no. assumed? I don't think you're as good as this other guy right now. The subtext hurts worse than the truth. <laughs> the fact that we both know hurts more than him being like, hey, listen, we're going to try something new today. And it's like, sure, go for it, coach. We both know you're not qualified. You're not good enough. And it, it kind hurts. Of, it reminds me of like the Ben Simmons situation where he's like, I don't want to play um, my back. Hurts. Back's good. Back's, Back's a great one. Back's a great one. Spasms? Sure. Can't see that on an x-ray? No, I could just kind of put my hands on my lower back and talk like this. Although I will say he did get a back surgery. And then it's like, okay, maybe he wasn't actually lying about the back thing. If he went, I'm going to need to see some paperwork. Show me the scar, Ben. Wow, Show went, me the scar. Would you say he lied so much that he had to get surgery? Or he even lied about the surgery? Lied about the surge. Lied wow. about the surge. Lied about the surge. <laughs> Wouldn't put it past him. Wouldn't or if it's the George Costanza thing where he's like driving his fiance's parents. And <laughs> Taking like, it as far as it'll yes, go. Exactly. He's, he's like, yeah, well, I have a house in the Hamptons. And they get in his car and he drives them like all the way We're to the going to the Hamptons. <laughs> it's like Ben Ben Simmons like, yep, my back hurts. They're like wheeling him into surgery. Like, good luck. Have fun in there. I hope, you the find, surgery. I hope you find the problem. It's in there. Did you uh, get it out the surgery wise? Are we clean? Still of health wise? Yeah, we didn't really see anything. We're going to have to send you back in for uh, more tests. Okay, let's go back in for more tests. <laughs> Uh, all right, Miami versus Philly. Who you got? Is it? It's hard to root. It's hard to root against Embiid. Mm. But I also don't. I think Miami's the slightly better, more complete team. Yeah, I think roster wise, one through twelve, I'd put my faith in Miami. But to your point, sometimes the best player can just find a way. Can but just I, find a way. I don't see Jimmy Butler losing to the team that he left. I feel like he has too much pride mm. to <laughs> let that happen in his in his mind. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I wonder if he still even holds grudges or if he's just pissed at whatever he's looking at right now. Right. You know, like, I don't think, I wonder if he still like hates Minnesota or hates the Bulls or hates the Sixers. Yeah. You know? He hates his teammates. <laughs> <They lose. laughs> yeah. That's right. I, get, I mean, we'll know a lot more information tonight. I assume the Suns and the Heat will win tonight at home. Mm-hmm. I think that's safe to assume. I mean, that's what the seeds tell us. Yes. And also like every home team has won every, they're eight and no. Every mm-hmm. home team is as of right now. Are we giving, not to go back to the Warriors for a second, but we were just talking about Ben Simmons. Are we giving Draymond too much of a pass? Because that dude also doesn't shoot. And I saw him like in the paint driving towards the, like for like a contested layup and swing it to like 50-50 passes in the corner that would go out of bounds sometimes. And it was like, he's, you do it too, man. <laughs> he's not like, he's more than not shooting. He's not addressing the basket. Like, this is Ben we'll never, Simmons. This will never look Simmons. up past his head. Like, so, does not see the rim, does not right. consider it as a thing. 
pump fake, get to eight feet in, staring around. You're wide Hope open. Hope that Steph from is eight. somewhere close. Wide Hoping open from eight feet. Let's like, just go not through even a short. Like let's go through a short checklist real quick. Okay. Okay. So we're going to compare Ben Simmons to Draymond Green real quick. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Elite defender, both of them. Both of correct? them. Correct. Draymond slightly more. Mm-hmm. Elite passer for their size. Great, I would say that yes. they're both very talented passers. Incredible court vision for what they do, for what That's they right. are asked to do. They're both, they could be point forwards, they could be point guards, whatever the scheme, but they have great vision, right? Yeah. They don't shoot. Do not both consider shooting. Don't consider shooting. Know that they are not. They shouldn't be shooting. So that's yes. four for four right out the gate. There's <laughs> yeah. going to be plenty of other like subcategories and little granular things we could be comparing against, but those are largely what they do. They run yeah. the offense. They need the ball in their hands, but they're not going to finish the play. A lot of dumb don't a lot we... of dribble handoffs, a lot of screens and stuff like that. So is the only key distinction between Ben Simmons and Draymond Green, the fact, obviously Draymond is surrounded by the greatest shooters in the world, that but helps. is the only key distinction that he talks about it that he, if not even about it, he talks and he's verbal. And so we have less questions about who Draymond Green is. Yeah. The only thing also, that I see that, yeah, go on. He's a winner. But that could be a product of his teammates. Yeah, it could be. Like um, if you switch, we even talked about this last year where it's like, there's a reality in which trading Ben Simmons for Draymond Green is just trading for the younger Draymond Green. I'd like to see it. Uh, I'm skeptical just because Draymond is so... He's like a basketball savant, and I don't know if Ben Simmons' basketball IQ is that high. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would like to see what it would look like, like next year or the year after, if they do decide to like transition away from Draymond and more into mm-hmm. a more younger Draymond. What that would mm-hmm. look like? Do you think that if they did trade hypothetically, they did trade Ben Simmons for Draymond Green? Do you think that the Sixers would be a better team and potentially a better chance at winning the championship over Harden and um, Embiid? So it, with Draymond Green. Because he has a championship now. pedigree. Simmons is on the Nets, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm saying, so we, so that whole trade doesn't happen. Oh, okay. Because this happened in the off season of last year. In this theoretical, I see. We, so they Draymond, traded, yeah, Draymond, so Draymond for on Ben Simmons. <laughs> mm-hmm. He brings championship pedigree. Everyone says he's a champion. He's yep. a winner. Would that actually translate to a team like the Sixers? Uh, I think it would. No, but Harden's also super helpful because they need more shooting. I think mm-hmm. they would need more. If they got Draymond, they would need better shooters around him. They would need like Danny Green, but younger. Well, they would have Seth Curry still at that point. They, and they would true. have, you know, and they would have Maxi still. And yeah. I don't know, the other guys as well. Danny but Green. And again, whoever. I would love to see it. I would love right. to see an alternate reality where Draymond's trying to do whatever he's doing on the Warriors mm-hmm. on another team. And if anybody yes. can replicate what he's doing on the Warriors. I agree. That's really what I'd like to see as well. Like, but, is he is is he a product of a great team and high IQ or, you know? I don't but know. the biggest discrepancy is like passion. Like you see, like Draymond just yelling, barking, getting in people's faces, hyping up his teammate. Simmons is like, I'm gonna sit on the bench mm-hmm. wearing green lamb stone face. Like, God, did that would that work on the Warriors? Or do they need more? They need more from that engine that outfit. position. That outfit did not help, man. That outfit did decision. not help. Just wear the just wear warm-ups. Like just show some sense of unity somewhere. Acknowledge you're on a team somewhere with yeah. some team. It is weird that he chose the green lamb outfit. <laughs> like he had to make that decision. Well, sure. What yeah. what and what and what is weird to you? Is it the lamb? Is it it's the, the green? lamb, it's the color, it's the brightness of it, where he's like doesn't want any of the spotlight on him, seemingly, but also you'll sit courtside wearing some something that resembles a leather couch. Does Ben Simmons play game one of next season? Uh yeah, sure. I just don't know where. Oh wow. Is yeah. he no. You think that the Nets would trade him again? Yeah, sure, why not? What if what if they need a more shooting. What if they need a player without um, some sort of bizarre injury history? What if the Lakers will be like, we'll give you Russell Westbrook for him? So they've lost this trade too. Brook- so well, Brooklyn, <laughs> Brooklyn also lost got the Seth Harden Curry. trade twice. Well, he got Seth Curry and Drummond. So it's like a backup big and a Come pretty on. good three-point shooter. And Come then whoever on. they get for Simmons. Yeah. And by the way, Harden's no spring chicken either. Like you no, want to get off fair. Of Harden's position too. That's fair. That's fair. I guess that Simmons is just like his value is even 
less now. His trade value is even less now on the Nets than it was when he was on the Sixers, correct? Yes, because on the Sixers, you assumed it was a Philadelphia problem. And now he he got traded to the Nets. He's like, no, I'm still not going to play. It's a me problem. (laughs) If there was any confusion back in Philly on the the I-95 down there, just come on up. It's still me. I'm still the issue. I don't like it here. I don't like this sport. I don't like spotlights. Hence, they might do the the Fultz treatment. Ship them to Orlando. Nobody's Mm. watching. Rehab there. Let's do that, man. Do that. Send him to a small market. Yeah. Send him to the smallest market Send him to in the City. NBA. Sure. Did yes. wonders for Al Horford. He spent yeah. a year in OKC, rehabbed, didn't mm-hmm. play. And now he's jamming all over Giannis. So that brings us to our last series. Let's go. Did you see that game? I saw enough of it to comment. Yes. Giannis dunked on Horford at a certain point, and Horford gave him the look like, all right, I see you, young fella. Like, it wasn't yeah. the greatest basketball player in the world. Like, watch yeah. what's coming. And it's like, all right, Al Horford, you're 35, and that's Giannis. He gets to dunk on you. And he gets to stare at you. I'm sorry, yeah. refs. Yeah. Refs gave Giannis a tech. It's that's like, not a no, yeah, Giannis isn't a bad guy. No. No. But Horford actually ended Turned on. Up <laughs> he got he got offended and it actually worked. He was hitting threes. He was pump dra- pump fake driving, dunking on Giannis, and then elbowing the, like, Giannis, doing that and, and, elbow to the face, and got a foul on Giannis thing. That was a gift of the gods. A, that's closer to what you were just talking about, where it's yep. like you don't want to get hit in the face and your face draw the foul or call that's the right. foul on your face. That's right. But there was also just something like. The dunk was so awesome, and just the way that they kind of both came down, his elbow just like pushed into his face, so you yeah. couldn't call a flagrant on that, obviously. No. But it was like, it really completed the, I just sunned you, you know, and it was great. Al Horford, 30 points. Horford, man. Like, Horford. He's just such a solid, stout, perfect piece, but like, was not good on Philly, was not good on the Thunder, couldn't play probably anywhere else, and then comes back to the Celtics, second best player. How is Horford remembered when it's all said and done? He's not a Hall of Famer, correct? Uh, I don't think so. Because like, he's kind of like, like, like a really great, I'm trying to think of like a footballer, like baseball equivalent. Where it's like, that guy was great and solid, but like nobody's building a statue for Al Horford. Right. He's like a junior. He, like, he kind of has that Tim Duncan in him, though, where it's like, you're so competent and you're so smart and I trust you. You know, like you just have like leadership qualities, but... He's he never became solid. that first. He's never was that first option on any team. I right. Guess. It kind of reminds me of his old teammate Paul Millsap. Like that guy was an all star maybe once or twice, but like, right. Who's who's ever being like Paul Millsap is my favorite player? No, no, that's fair. It's like Horford is Serge Ibaka a little yeah, bit. Like solid, yeah. a great fourth best player on a championship style team. Mm-hmm. Is Horford a champion? Has he won with anyone? No, he was on Atlanta for so many years where LeBron. Right. <laughs> would lose to them Ruin in the regular that. season and then just right. sweep them in the playoffs. Right, right. Then he right. went to Boston and whatever Boston's been doing. But yeah, he's never, I don't think he's ever even made it to the finals. That was probably like Horford's moment. Like, not that he needed to have like that signature oh, yeah. moment, but that was probably one of the things closest to his, especially because it led to his team winning. That was you the know, best kind game of like ever. That. They yeah. won a, a must win against the best player in the world and he was the primary defender and he was primarily being defended, but he outplayed Giannis a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Towards the end, I mean, clearly. In Milwaukee. Yeah. Boston is... What is a year for Boston, huh? Like Not happy How the season it. started to what we are... Really, you can't... Even as a basketball fan, you can't appreciate it? I appreciate it, but I don't like that they're playing well. Like, I, I liked when they were mediocre. As a Lakers mm-hmm. fan, I had the Celtics under. They were floundering. They were, you know... Tatum and Brown were great, but never living up to their potential. There was infighting. Marcus Smart was yelling at people. Right. Those are the Celtics I like to see. So is, give me your power rankings of teams you hate between the top three, between the Clippers, the Blazers, and Boston. Rank from uh, one is the team you hate the most, three is the team you hate the least of the most. Clippers currently the highest because there was that recent beef and like streetlights over spotlights mentality and like Clipper fans up in my business yep, in LA. Yep, so it felt yep. more personal. Okay. Boston's like the classic Laker. You, as a Laker fan, you always want them to lose in the background and you know, apart from one year since I was born, they have Yeah, lost. exactly. Right. So I'm not that offended by them. Uh, and then Portland's just fun because you're Portland's fun just are... because of Marty, yeah. Right. Like that, that classic Blazers-Lakers rivalry. But yeah, I would put, it would be Clippers-Celtics. The real doomsday scenario is if the Clippers and the Celtics played in the finals. Oh, that would be tough for you. That's like when you were watching the uh, the Eagles Patriots Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> just like you, how do you root for like both teams to get so injured that the game doesn't get even end? Well, that's it. Because like, there's always a part of your brain where you're like, well, I can always just root for the sport. 
you know, or like the quality. I just want to watch a quality game. But when you actually hate like the franchises, the colors, the their history, the fans, like you're just like, this is wholly unfun. Yeah. This is like totally unfun. <laughs> so the, the Eagles won that game where you're like, okay, at least Tom Brady lost. Or you're like, oh, I want to be the only team that, you know, beat Tom Brady. It was literally like eyes on the draft. Like the season's <laughs> done. Cool. Now we're all in the same playing field again. Let's talk Saquon off-season. highlights at half. Yeah, sure, sure. Exactly. But there was that also that moment, and I didn't really have the context for it, and I couldn't tell what Marcus Smart's feeling was after it happened <laughs> when him and Giannis both fell. That was fun. This, is, this has been a very shared clip on Twitter. Yep. They pull each other. They try... It seems like Marcus Smart's actively trying to pull him up to help him. Yeah. And Giannis is like holding his hand, but not yeah. really trying to get up or down. He doesn't and then Giannis Marcus lets Smart's go at some point. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. And Giannis is like, let go of me. I want my teammates to pick me up. Was that the motivation? He was just like, nah, I'll have my teammate pick me up? Yeah. I think it's like, and uh, somebody on the, I think somebody, on, oh yeah, on the Pelicans, Herb Jones fell down and Chris Paul went to pick him up. See, and now Herb that Jones was, like, was the cool version. Him. That yeah. was the obvious, amazing Herb Jones stock goes flying up. Because <laughs> yeah. Chris, Chris Paul just whacked him in the side of the head before that. Yeah, exactly. And he held his hand out clearly to be like, I've got you. And Herb Jones didn't even make eye contact. Yep. He looked square away. But this, it was like they both fell. They both needed to get up. It ultimately. was like the, the Rodman, Carl Malone, like constantly yes. like, falling down situation. Yes, it was really a lot like that. But it looked like Giannis just wasn't paying attention. He didn't even know that he was holding this man's hand or something. Yeah, I think Giannis was watching the play. You can see him like trying to see if that three went in. And Marcus was like ignoring the play entirely. And then when the three went in, he just like collapsed again like, fuck. Oh, that's what that was. Okay. I didn't have context for what that reaction was all about. I think so. Uh, so Milwaukee kind of needed to win that game. Now it's 2-2 headed back to Boston. Although I wouldn't momentum? say that Milwaukee can obviously win in Boston because they have before. Giannis yeah. is the best player. And what if Horford doesn't go for 30 and 18, which is likely to not happen again? So who, I haven't seen every game of this series. Who, is anyone surprising us for a Milwaukee? Because you'd think that if everyone did their jobs, I know that Chris Middleton's not there, but yeah, like True Holiday is the shutdown guy. Like in the NBA, it's like amongst players, he's the best on-ball defender. Everyone kind of acknowledges that. Is there, is there no one just like, playing above their pay grade for Milwaukee right now. And that's why this is still a series. It's a lot of Giannis and Drew. And when Drew is struggling, like there are games where like Drew goes like 11 of 30 instead Mm -hmm. of like Mm -hmm. 15 of 21. And that's like, right. There's not a lot of non Giannis offense. The the Bucks, from what I see on Twitter, I think the Bucks don't necessarily run like a beautiful offense. It's usually just like, you know, we have the best players, so let's give the ball to Giannis. When he's tired, we a Drew Holiday can hopefully play bully ball. But when Drew mm-hmm. Holiday plays bully ball and those shots don't go in, and then he passes off to, like, Connaughton and whoever else is on the outside and they're not mm-hmm. hitting shots, then it starts to get a little scary. Part of me actually wants Boston to win this. Well, the, the problem with them winning this is that they'll probably then beat the next team, and then I have to deal with the Celtics in the finals, and that's not a very fun experience for me. So do you think that that is the case? you think that they, they would probably beat Philly and they'd probably beat Miami? Because I think we could say that like Giannis could probably beat those two teams, Yeah, and I think, you know, Middleton would come back by then and all that kind of stuff. But I think Boston-Milwaukee is like one versus two, and then how it broke out is Miami versus Philly is kind of right. three versus four. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I think I still want Boston. I think like a Boston Phoenix, that's just rosters, like just like 12 players on a team just going at it. I don't know. They are the best teams. It it is, uh, that would be like uh, a good indication of like, you don't necessarily need a top five NBA player right right now. Like you don't have Jokic, Embiid, Giannis, Luka on that team. The closest thing you have is like a Tatum or a Booker. Mm -hmm. But then two through 10 is just a solid roster of players well that's what I, I think it was Ramona Shelburne who is so awesome at her job um yeah. but she she put out this like almost like a video article I don't even know how to describe it but it was all about the state of the super team and how when we went into the season this year it was inevitable that the Lakers were going to play the Brooklyn Nets like, <laughs> right which feels like eight years ago but it was actually oh, just the beginning life, of the season a lifetime ago though yeah. I mean like and it's like based on what we've known <laughs> super teams have the best talent and the best talent wins in the NBA the playoffs right. are designed that you can't really have fluky wins right but what's really been proven and we look at last year's two teams that made it to the finals is that the modern NBA has rosters like one through eight, at least minimum, you know, yes. and like regular season, like one through 10. Well, the playoffs are very good at like, my team can design a play for your eighth best player who has to check into the game for nine minutes a game. I'm going to yep. attack him. 
Mm-hmm. And when he like when campaigns in the game, I'm gonna have Luca switch on everything and mm-hmm. just destroy you for those minutes. <laughs> There's like, no shit. no more games. It's expose, expose, <laughs> expose. Yes, right. exactly. So it's like right. who can play the least amount of bad players mm-hmm. in addition to who's got the best players. Yeah, and I mean Boston just has so many pl- players who can create a problem. That's you right. Know, they have so many. They have the defensive player of the year. Like it's so forgotten that Marcus Smart was the defensive <laughs> player of the year of the various awards. Like. Do you know who won so, Sixth Man? I just found out yesterday that the Sixth Man like award was already named like two weeks ago. Yeah, it was Hero, right? Yes, I had no idea. I'm like, that that already happened? We we and, when did that happen? There's been like, has every <laughs> award been leaked? Like, I don't even understand exactly. Because like Jokic hasn't been announced. Show, yeah, without the awards show, they're just sort of like announcing them every couple days. So a lot of annoying leaks happening in America these days. <laughs> Exactly. Like, like, Supreme Court and Coach of the Year. It's like enough already. Yeah, like I'll wait for this horrible or seemingly innocuous news. <laughs> exactly. But I didn't I didn't see or remember uh, the Sixth Man of the Year award at all. There was no like yeah. video. Like for a defensive player, you know, Gary Payton came out and did like a nice thing with Marcus Smart. Yeah. I think that there was video, but no one cared. It's always it's also in the playoffs. This is happening in the playoffs where like we care about the game so much that yeah. like it's during like a video like walkthrough when these guys are getting their trophies and you're like, yes. oh, okay. It's like in between time, right? And now. oddly enough, six man of the years in the playoffs, coach of the years in the playoffs. Yep. We got the defensive player of the year in the playoffs. Most MVP was. Right. And then there's MVP or it's like, yo, the, the best player, the most valuable player. Yeah. Uh, he was bounced in the first round. Couldn't hang. Couldn't hang. <laughs> Didn't Sorry. have the skill. It wasn't valuable enough. You got to, you feel bad for like the Nuggets role players where it's like, his team is so bad. I mean, you get it, Aaron Gordon. He had to play with Will so Barton. <laughs> he had to play with Monty Morris. These guys were like, I was fucking All-American good, four I years. Think, yeah. <laughs> like, I think who I'm are pretty you? good, but yeah. I guess I get what you're saying. It's like, oh, he dragged these fucking scrubs to the first round. Right, right. They almost won three games against the Warriors with, who, with these fucking bozos. Will Barton's just like Googling himself like, this seems unfair to me. Like, <laughs> I thought I played pretty well. I averaged yeah. 16 and 9 this year. Bryn Forbes is like, I mean, I know I'm no Jamal Murray, but I thought I was a pretty good player. Campazzo just starts knocking dudes out, as we've seen throughout <laughs> this. He might be 5'9", but he packs a punch. Uh, okay, so Who this do is you the have? Cl- yeah, this Who is do the closest series. Uh, Without a doubt. My heart says I want Milwaukee to win, but my brain says Boston might have the edge because they got two of the next three games at home. Milwaukee mm. sort of needs to win um, what, the next game. Can you imagine what an awesome legacy would be started if Tatum won this championship this year? Like, so unexpected. Yeah. Well, I, like, and I hope that does happen if he does end up as a Laker because I don't want him to start this lifelong Boston legacy. That doesn't move the needle for me. We will inevitably get to your Los Angeles Lakers. You even teed this off with Genie Bus is either happy or sad about it. But there is no, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's no financial way that you can have a, even a fruitful offseason. That's right. Yeah, we are (laughs) pot committed, stuck, overpopulated. Even if we get rid of Russ, there's not enough cap space there to do anything. Okay. Just wanted to know for the reality of the situation. But that doesn't mean we're probably not Vegas favorites to win the West next year. I mean, Why? LeBron plus AD? Like, who stops that in the That is a super series? team. It's As we've proven, super teams win these days. Exactly. A healthy AD? Are you kidding me? The whispers are that John Wall might be going there because of some, like, tequila ad that came out on Instagram at some point. Whenever you have news tied to a tequila ad, you go for it. Actually... Uh, wait, are you going Boston or Milwaukee if you had to? I, if I had to put actual money on it, I'd still have to stick with Milwaukee just because they've been there before. This is Udoka's first playoffs, and yeah. you know Bud somehow went through this already. So I'm still going to go with Milwaukee, but if I could choose, I'd probably surprise myself and say I want Boston to win this. Wow. So the opposite of me. You think Milwaukee, but you want Boston. Yeah, I think exactly. Boston, want Milwaukee. One of us will be right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of it. Um, let's leave on this. Because this came up in between our two, uh, our last episode and now, Mm. and it is Laker adjacent. Mm -hmm. I was recently trolled slash ratioed on Twitter for my Laker tweet. Let's talk about it. (laughs) So it was during an exciting Warrior Suns Pelicans game. Maybe it was Warriors Mavericks, two just like high octane, great basketball teams going at it. 
understood that these two teams are excellent. Yes, I think it was Everyone like a, maybe it was Denver versus Golden State where it was like Denver ended up winning that game like at the end. It was like, wow, this feels like a Western Conference Finals game. High achieving teams. I tweet, as a goof slash troll as I'm known to do, mm. I feel like the Lakers would destroy both of these teams. Which, did you, you, know, did you drop in a low key? <laughs> <laughs> did you say like, I low key think that <laughs> both of these teams like, yeah, dude, would, would get your, destroyed. Your by the numbers Lakers. were so unique on this tweet. Well, the numbers of what came back <laughs> were so incredibly unique. Yes, and I sent it to the basket chat thread, you know, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. over-under thread. Yeah. Nobody really fully understood it except for you. You instantly got that. To yeah. have like a hundred quote retweets, so that's zero what regular retweets. So like say it again. Fa- yeah. Say that again to show on, tell everyone what made this you so unique. So, bef- you know, usually most tweets are just retweets, they say, you know, right? Yeah. Signal boosts. Sure. We're I support this or look how crazy this is. I don't have a comment on it, but look at this idiot. And occasionally people will quote retweet, which is like, I want to add my own spin to this. And sometimes that's just LOL or something right. like and that. And then sometimes people will like it. They don't want a signal boost, but they want to like give us the attaboy. Yep. Um, and this tweet at one point had a hundred quote retweets and zero retweets. Which is like <laughs> impossible. Like if you go to a casino, you spin the wheel a thousand times, that's not landing once. It's so hard to trigger people to actually comment on it in the retweet. That's right. I was, um, which was, I guess, a good old fashioned ratio, right? I, that word, I still am not there. I'm just not quite there yet. Yeah, ratio used to mean more comments than like activity, like mm-hmm. likes. I thought that was the original ratio. Now people are saying ratio to like if your reply gets more action than the actual tweet itself. Yeah, I think I just actively said I'm not going to learn this one. I'm yeah. just not going to learn that one. But for whatever reason, I was ratioed or quote retweeted to death about uh, this Laker trolley tweet to the point. Well, like, everyone took you. Everyone took you at your word. Yeah, first that, and foremost. And then it's like you know like. And then somebody was like, Lakers beat writers are an illness or something like that. Where and it's that's like, actually, it's an <laughs> indicator of who's reading it, not who tweeted it at that point. Yes. At a certain point, it went beyond my, my circle because, you know, bigger accounts were retweeting it, quote tweeting it, being like, Jesus Christ, look at these. Laker Nation has completely lost it off its rocker. So my question to you is, is that a successful tweet? Oh, yeah. I mean, In the I world was, of Amir, that's what you want. And that's what I, trolls want, right? Yeah. And honestly, I thought it was more of a joke than a troll. It wasn't a troll until it became like a viral sensation. Like I was right. more like self-deprecating, being like, obviously not. But it's funny to like imagine me thinking. It was feels like the Lakers would destroy either of these teams. Right. But a successful troll tweet operates in that gray area where it's like enough people Yep. have said crazy shit like this from this one fan base that now this account that has 130,000 followers or whatever is saying it, I'm going to take this person at their word. And That's that is right. the sweet spot by which you wanted this tweet to go, and it went in such a specific way. <laughs> which makes me, which is a good reminder of myself next time two great teams, like I could have done it yesterday during the, the Bucks celtics series. I'll wait for another great Western Conference team and fire it off again. I just don't think... For whatever reason, it'll spark this much. It has to be a perfect no, storm. No, yours was time and place. And yeah. yours wasn't even like the teams playing or the time of day or who happened to be on third. There was just like no explaining that result. <laughs> there was just no explaining that result. I couldn't. I honestly thought like Twitter was broken when it was like feeding me the, the results, which was like 140 quote retweets, zero <laughs> retweets. So I'm like... I. Are they not counting the retweets? There's no way it's a hundred, literally 140 to zero. Yes. The I once did a tweet that had like 1300 faves, zero retweets, <laughs> zero quote retweets, zero replies. Wow. And I was just like this, like I was like shaking my computer. Like I think something's stuck in there. <laughs> You're telling me over a thousand people like it, but not one of them had anything to say. To about say. It. <laughs> And nothing to say. Whereas with your tweet, people always had something to say. They were not just going to let... And it was always net negative. (laughs) Uh, Good times. Yeah, I guess that maybe during uh, Philly-Miami, I will just tweet, low-key feel like the Knicks could beat both of these teams on any given night. (laughs) 
One, in the, one retweet, zero likes, zero games, for whatever deleted, reason. Yeah. Deleted seven minutes later. <laughs> it just, it, it really has to, it's all about that first bigger account that finds it somehow. Dude, and you wanted it in the first few minutes. Yeah. You wanted it like the first five minutes, you're like, oh, this is hot out the gate. Because everyone <laughs> needs to see and feel that. We know where we're headed. Uh, right. All right, sweet. Let's uh, edit and post this so that our predictions um, can hit the, the podcast verse right away. I'm into it. Let's make one more prediction. When okay. do you predict the next buckets will come out? Ooh, Over under question. ten days from now. That's a really good that's a really good line. Uh, I want to say in the middle of the conference finals. Okay. But that might be over ten days away because these series might go under the three games plus the delay plus mm-hmm. the new series starting. We've recorded this Tuesday, May 10th, 2022. Will we get a new bucket before May 19th, 2022? Friday? Is that a Friday? I'm not sure about that number. Let's yeah, try let's to say. do it. Let's, let's be the change we want to see in the world. Let's okay. call it under. Okay. We're acting like hold, we don't control this. Hold us accountable, people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Send us those four tweets that say time for new content, and then we'll give it to you. Send us the tweets, and also send us the Zoom link, because then it sort of does all the busy work. <laughs> then when we have the Zoom link, <laughs> we have very little to do after that. Send us any Zoom link that yes. we could use for yes. 90 minutes. <laughs> And we both got that super fast fiber internet now. Now there's even less of a reason. Yeah, I was going to wait until you said, uh, what plugs do you have? And I was just going to plug AT&T Fiber, just moved into a new home, and yeah. your boy is uploading Zoom. and downloading at 600, 700, 800 Mbps. I mean, that's just, you can't put a price on that. No, you can. It's like $70 a month. Yeah, and it's actually still more affordable than older, shittier internet. Surprisingly. Beautiful. Yeah. I was shocked. They could double, Genu- the, double charge, and they don't do it. Thank you, AT&T. I don't think I've ever said those words together before. <laughs> Thank you, AT&T. Thank you, multi-billion dollar evil conglomerate, for giving me specifically fast internet. For $65 a month. And then do, have, you, have you taken it out for a test drive? Have you uploaded a video or long audio episode of something recently? I'm going to, as people probably tell, we're recording this remotely. I'm going to send a WeTransfer, and that will be my first real test, sending Ooh. you this file to Ooh. find out what Ooh. reality I'm living in and what reality I was living in. Half a I can't gig. Wait. Less oh, than a minute. About to fly. Light to fly. work for Fiverr. Yes. <laughs> Love uh, it. All right. Thank you, Billy. Thanks to you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back over under May 19th, but uh, <laughs> right around there. Fingers crossed. See you in nine or ten days. Bye, everybody. That was a HeadGum Original.